Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. Your passion for architecture will exceed your expectations when you have a thriving business to fuel that passion. Build a better business, be a better architect. Well, a thriving business starts with planning for profit. Download your free course, Profit for Small Firm Architects, at entrearchitect.com slash free course. You are listening to Entree Architect Podcast, and this is episode 198. Welcome back to the Entree Architect Podcast. My name is Mark Arlapage, and this is the podcast dedicated to a successful life as a small firm architect. Whether you have plans to someday start your own firm, whether you're in the process of launching a startup, or you might be an experienced small firm architect just trying to make a difference, this podcast is for you. My goal is to inspire you to build a better business so that you may pursue your purpose with passion and live the life of your dreams. For years, Sherry teetered back and forth between staying small, practicing as a sole practitioner, and making plans for growth and executing toward a bigger future. This week at Entree Architect Podcast, how to overcome the fear of growing beyond you as a small firm architect. This episode of Entree Architect Podcast is supported by our platform sponsors, FreshBooks, BQE Software, RCAT, and Gusto. And I'm going to share a little bit more about each one of these companies later in the show. But before we get started here, just take a quick note. Just take a quick, quick note. Go grab a pencil and schedule some time this week. I, I really want you to do this. Go grab a pencil, schedule some time this week to go visit 
each one of them, FreshBooks, BQE Software, RCAT, and Gusto, and let them know that you appreciate them for supporting us, the Entree Architect community. Sherry Scott, welcome to Entree Architect Podcast. Thanks, Mark. It's great to be here. It is really great to have you here. You and I are friends for a long time. Um, you're a member of Entree Architect, uh, the mm -hmm. membership. But even before that, you know, we were we connected online and uh, became friends a long time ago, and have been supporting one another as architects uh, for a long time. So I, I, I've known your story. I've seen you grow, uh, and I wanted to share your story with the rest of our community here at Entree Architect. So that's why I wanted you to be here and uh, share your story. So before we get into that, I want to uh, just introduce you to the listeners. As a founder and principal architect at Springhouse Architects, Sherry's mission is to lead clients through the building process with the clients in control and Springhouse as their guide, advocate, and ally. With over 20 years experience in residential architecture, Sherry brings knowledge and confidence to every custom home project. She's a graduate at the University of uh, Cincinnati uh, and she has her NCARB license. Sherry's also the lead architect on three homeowners uh, association boards and volunteers extensively with her high school marching band, her son's high school marching band, which, which I see all the time because I right? follow you on Instagram. Um, <laughs> you have some, some really um, talented boys and it's, uh, it's great to watch them grow with, with you. Uh, and uh, Sherry also feels privileged to be a, a mentor to teenage girls in conjunction with their parents and lives in uh, Springboro, Ohio, with her husband and her three boys. So that sort of gives you a little bit of background about Sherry and who she is. Uh, but I want Sherry to go back and uh, tell us your story, Sherry. Um, go back to where you discovered architecture, what inspired you to become an architect, and give us the story from that moment to where you are today. Sure. Um, so discovering architecture, my moment wasn't very inspiring, only to say that um, some people can lead you places that you don't really expect. I was in high school and uh, my parents had recently divorced. My older brother and older sister had moved out to um, go to college. And so I was a newly only child. Um, my parents divorced and I was lost in high school. Uh, grades were plummeting, things were not going well. And I, my, my dad does not admit it, but I swear to this day, he must have called the counselor and said, get her to do something. Mm -hmm. Like she's gotta make some decisions, she's gotta apply to colleges, she's gotta do something. So they called me down to the counselor's office and, and you know I had a chip on my shoulder and she asked me if, um, I wanted to apply to college to be an engineer. And I said, absolutely not. My dad's an engineer, my uncle's an engineer, my sister's going to school for engineering. There's no way I'm doing that. So she asked me what I like to do. And of course I'm like, I don't, I don't like anything right now, but I did like my drafting class. That was the one class that I actually looked forward to. Um, so she said, do you ever think about architecture? And I said, no. Um, she said, would you like to apply to architecture schools? And I said, sure. Like, if you'll let me just get out of this office, I'll, <laughs> yes. apply to architecture I'll say schools. yes to anything if I can get out <laughs> that door right there. Exactly. So sure enough, next thing I know, I'm applying to a few architecture schools and um, 
I got into University of Cincinnati, which is a very good um, architecture school. I, I would imagine they were looking to uh, bolster their female ranks at the time because I wasn't their traditional, you know, straight A student that they were taking at the time. But it was a, looking back on it, like all of those pieces were perfect for me. You know, I just needed some direction and I needed somebody to say, do this. And I did it and I can follow rules. You know, I just wasn't interested in making all those decisions at that time. So I was probably 16, 17. Um, I went to UC. It was a great fit for me. Um, I wasn't an artistic architecture student, but um, <clears throat> the structures classes and and I liked the design classes. I held my own in those at least. Um, I actually married before I graduated from college. And so I graduated in 95. I was already married two years. And then I had my first child in 96. So as I was looking for my very first architecture job, uh, I had a six-month-old baby. So that was a lot different than most of the the people I graduated with, you know, they're all going out, they're willing to move and to work long hours and do all those things. And here I am, I'm like, I have a newborn baby, a husband, and um, I want to work part time and I'm not moving. I'm, I have to work close to home so I can get back and forth. And so I had a lot of parameters to get that first job which I luckily found the perfect job. I had to, I searched for quite a while, but I found Atelier Design in Centerville here close to my home. And um, they let me make my own schedule and they let me work. Um, they hired me on a conditional basis of being part-time. And I think most, I, I changed my schedule around through the years, but most of the time I worked 25 to 30 hours a week and had my focus on my family, but was kind of building that foundation of career the whole time. Um, then, so I worked there in that capacity doing residential architecture for 12 years, and that was 2008. So in 2008, of course, there was no work. So you started at, there in 2008? No, I started there in 96. So you ended there? Ended there in 2008. Yeah, okay. So yeah, fast forward, um, you know, kind of biding my time, learning things, working 12 years. Um, it was a good firm. We did good work. Um, and then in 2008, there wasn't a whole lot of work there to be had. Um, a lot of different things happened to create this perfect storm, uh, mo most of which was my husband um, lost his job, and he was our... He was our breadwinner and held the insurance and everything else for our family. So when he lost his job and I was ready to leave my job because there wasn't much work, um, we just took it as a sign that we should be both be moving on. So I quit my job. He got a new job right away out of state, and we picked up our three boys by that time. Um, we picked up and moved to Indianapolis. And we were there probably, in total, I think we were there like six to nine months, and it was a total disaster. <laughs> it was so bad. Tell me about that. Um, what what happened? What, why was it so bad? In that time there, it, it was it was all um, 
family and personal issues and John's job that he took um, was bad. Promises that he was made didn't mm -hmm. come through. Um, John's mom, shortly after we moved, John's mom ended up ill and she died like six weeks mm. after. Um, that was a blow. My, I had left my job and started Scott Architecture before we went there. And one of the builders back here in Ohio, um, they came with me when I left my old firm. And I negotiated that with the old firm and um, we were all on very good terms but that meant all of my work was back here in Ohio. So I'm living in Indianapolis trying to get three kids oriented to a new school and a new town. And, and I'm working back in Dayton, Ohio. John's hating his job. We have family, you know, funerals and things to get through. And um, it just finally all came to a head. And we said, we're picking up and we're moving back. And we did that. So we picked up and moved back. Um, and basically started all over. You know, at that point, our life, our life had been so, you know, relatively easy and smooth. And we had, we always had jobs. We always knew where we were living. And um, all of a sudden, John didn't have a job again. I'm struggling to build this business. And now we're back um, in an adjacent town at this time. Um, and just trying to figure everything out. What what year was that? This is still this is 2008, like beginning of so, 2009. So same same, pretty much same same time. You went up there. Yeah. Things didn't work out. Right. Came, came back home. Yeah, it was a rough yeah. year. <laughs> yeah. We learned a like lot it. that yeah. year. Um. So then after that point, no more tragedy happened, but it just took time, you know, it just little by little, yeah. every month it got a little bit better. Every month I'd get a little bit more work. Um, John did get a, a new job and we were secure in that way. Um, after a year or two, we bought a new house and, um, it just, it just really took time and it's, it's hard to see. It's hard to see that coming out the other side when you're in that moment. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I think a lot of us experienced that after 2008. Didn't have to go through a lot of the things you went through. But, you know, 2008 collapsed. You know, our whole profession collapsed. And it took a long time to recover. You know, it, and it wasn't a quick recovery. It was just these small incremental improvements. And it just got better and better. And, you know, it, and we finally dug our way out. It, there was no point for me and, and the community that I, you know, the network that we have, um, there there was no defining moment that, okay, it's okay now. <laughs> now right. We just yes. sort of finally started paying our bills and the things got a little bit easier and we had the work that we needed and we started growing. And, and so is that what, what happened with you? Is it just sort of finally, you just sort of incrementally grew and suddenly you needed to, to hire people and do things? Yeah, well, it did, it did to some degree. I would say it organically grew just from natural hard work um, through probably me hiring one 1099 employee. <clears throat> and, and once I, once I got a taste of that, of mm -hmm. someone that I could delegate to and that could take on some of the work for me and I could focus on other things, um, that's when I got a little more focused and thought this is like, this is for me. This yeah. is what I want to do. Yeah. 
So that was probably, I was trying to remember when I knew we were going to talk, I was trying to remember when we really connected and it was probably in like 2013 Mm -hmm. when I met you and connected with Entree Architect. I forget in what fashion you had some kind of group together um, that I was a part of and you were doing um, coaching. Yeah. Right. So I think I talked to you every once a month or something like yep. that. Yeah. So I would say, you know, in terms of defining moments for my career, 2008 was certainly one, you know, just changing directions, whether it was my choice or not. <laughs> um, but then again, it happened in 2013. And I'll say really the reason that was a huge change for me was one thing that you had me do was um, make a five-year plan. And I remember us talking and, you know, I'm like, yeah, Mark, okay, I'll do a five-year plan. I'll talk to you next month. I remember that. <laughs> and, then the next and then we month, had that same conversation the next right, month. Same conversation the next month. Finally, I'm like, I better do this because he's not going to drop it. Um, so I did that and that was that still um, defines where I'm headed right now because I don't know if you remember the conversation, but I was amazed that once I put down on paper where my life would be in five years, um, it looked totally different than it did in 2013 to 2015. I think it may have been in 2015 when we did that Um, because my entire career was always a balance of um, family and working, right? And yep. always kind of all integrated. And, and I was happy doing that, managing yep. all of that. I was, I was good at it. I liked it. But then when I wrote down in 2020, all three kids are gone, right? They're all graduated. They're doing their own thing, which is absolutely what I want. I want them to be strong and independent young men. But then I'm like, what, where does that leave me? What does that, I've built this entire career balancing all of this. And then all of a sudden, now I'm looking down the road that you made me look down um, (laughs) in 2020 and it's all different. And it made me stop and think, what do I want that to look like? And I knew at, in that moment, I knew I don't want it to be the same as it is now because I think it would, um, it worked for me as a balance, me working. I always worked part-time. I never, even with, um, building my business, I still only worked part-time hours. Um, but I, I knew that would need to be different when, um, five years down the road came. And so my goal, my plan was to to figure out what do I spend the next five years doing to get to where in 2020, I'm like, I'm there and I'm working and I'm doing what I want to be doing once my life changes. Yeah, I I love that story. That that I because I remember those conversations and mm-hmm. and I remember you also. I mean, you're a very dedicated mom, mm-hmm. um, and you you were living that integrated life, and you still live that integrated life. That that um, it's never really balanced, right? It's it's right. always one or the other, and you just sort of integrate them. And and when you do that, everything st- sort of works. 
But I love that um, you brought up the five-year plan. That's something that I recommend everybody do. And um, it sort of puts your head in the right place to where you want to be. And I love that it, um, it sort of opened your eyes to that future of what that future is going to look like. And that if you're not intentional about it, it's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's, it's going to be the same as where you are now or, or worse. Right. Uh, because you'll be there and you won't know, you know um, how you got there or what you're doing or how you're doing it. Hey, let's take a quick break to say thank you to our platform sponsors here at Entree Architect. With their support, we can do what we're doing. So make sure you go reach out to them and say thank you. Fresh Books, Core by BQE Software, RCAT, and Gusto. FreshBooks makes it simple to send invoices, post your expenses automatically, track your time for your whole team, buy project, and get organized with reports, communication, and notifications. And my favorite feature in FreshBooks, I've said this over and over again, and I love it, it is the automated invoice reminders. And I think sending invoices and getting paid might be one of the biggest barriers to our success as entrepreneur architects, right? Because who has the time? Who has the time to send invoices out? Well, FreshBooks makes it so easy to send out invoices and get paid online with a click of a button. And when your client doesn't pay you on time, and how often is that, like forever, FreshBooks will send them you know, a friendly email reminder automatically through a simple system that you control. Sign up free for 30 days unrestricted and get ready for the simplest way to be more productive more organized, and most importantly, my favorite, get paid faster. Visit entrearchitect.com slash FreshBooks to get access to FreshBooks for free. And be sure to enter Entree Architect in the How Did You Hear About Us section. One of the most often requested resources here at the Entree Architect community is project management software. How do we keep our projects and our people organized while we grow as entrepreneur architects? Well, today's podcast is sponsored by BQE Software. They're the makers of the award-winning BQE Core. I want you to try out Core. Core puts project management, business intelligence, billing, time, and expense tracking, and accounting all together on one intuitive, powerful platform. With its cloud platform and mobile apps, Core lets you manage people, projects, and profits from anywhere. And you can get a fully functional 15-day trial of Core. Go check it out. 15 free days. Go try it at entrearchitect.com slash BQE. RCAT is a great tool for small firm architects. RCAT has huge libraries online of free content. CAD, BIM, specifications, and much more. And they have done all the work for you. You need a spec click on over there, download the CSI three-part specification in multiple file formats, however you want it, they've got it and it's free. How about CAD details or BIM objects? All free at the click of a mouse. RCAT has tons of building product content ready for you to use. It's all completely free and you don't even have to register to download the content. It's there waiting for you. It makes your life so easy. And have you checked out their free collaboration tool? Charette. Charette is a tool for sharing and collaborating with your colleagues and clients in real time. And yes, it's free too. You can upload photos and files, share specs, product information directly from the RCAT database, as well as from anywhere else on the internet. Visit RCAT and click the Charette icon right there on the homepage. And like everything offered by RCAT, Charette, yes, 
Shuret is free too. What is stopping you from going over to Arcat and checking out what they have? They Everything you need, it's sitting right there waiting for you. Arcat has it. Visit entrearchitect.com slash Arcat, A-R-C-A-T. Payroll and benefits. Ah, that makes my spine hurt. Payroll and benefits are hard, especially when you're a small business like us small firm entrepreneur architects. You don't have time to be an expert in things like taxes and regulations. And old school payroll providers, they just don't get it. They aren't built the way that we work today. Gusto is making payroll benefits and HR easy for small businesses. Modern technology does all the heavy lifting, so it's easy for you to get it right. You no longer have to be a big company to get great technology, great benefits, and a great service for your team. To help support the Entree Architect podcast, Gusto is offering our listeners an exclusive limited time deal. And don't, don't listen up. This is, this is a great deal. Sign up today and you will get three months free once you run your first payroll. So go to entrearchitect.com slash gusto, G-U-S-T-O, entrearchitect.com slash gusto, and claim your free three months of gusto. FreshBooks, BQE Software, Arcat, and Gusto. Please visit our platform sponsors today and thank them for supporting you, the Entre Architect community. You certainly progressed through Entree Architect and the membership there, but um, there was also a, a time during that period where uh, Charette Venture Group became part of your story. Um, that we introduced you to Charette Venture Group through Entree mm-hmm. Architect, and uh, and you tell us tell us a story about how Charette came about and and the work that you're doing with them. Right. So that came about directly from that. Um, decision that over the next five years, I want to grow and I want to be at a certain place when my life changes. Um, but I didn't know how to get there. Like I, I knew where I was right now and I was comfortable with it. I had, uh, you know, I was blogging, I was doing a lot of the right things. My business was growing pretty quickly, actually. Um, and I, I, I felt in control of it where it was. So number one, if I could make it grow, I didn't know if I could control it and have more employees and know what to do with them. Um, and number two, I didn't know, I didn't, I didn't understand the path. I didn't know who I needed to talk to. I didn't know who I needed to bring in. I didn't know what resources I needed to get from year 2015 to my goal in 2020. So, and my goal, not knowing anything about anything, my goal was in 2020, I want to have 10, I want to be a a firm of 10 people. Um, and that's still my goal. And I remember Uh, before you set that goal that you went back and forth that there there was one month where you're like, okay, I just want to be a sole practitioner and I just want to make this work. And then the next month we'd come back and we'd have another conversation and you'd be like, Yes, I want to. I want you know. You have a 1099, and you felt that that delegation bug that sort of bites you, and you become addicted to that delegation bug. And right. you're like, okay, I could do this. I can grow. And then the next month, you come back, and you're like, oh, maybe I want to stay small. And then so you kept going. There was a struggle there mm-hmm. uh, before you committed to growth, and before you right. committed to 
uh, CBG and what they were going, because in order to commit to CBG, you had to commit to the growth. So I agree. So yeah. what, what, <clears throat> what was your thought process for doing that? What made you say, okay, I need to grow and I need to commit to growing and, and, and CBG is going to help me get there. Yeah, it was. I think the reason I kept going back and forth was because my kids, um, I had three teenage boys at home. And so that's, that's, um, a lot of stress <laughs> in a person's life. Um, we're on the other side of that, thank God. But, um, so that probably was, you know, if we had a, a busy, stressful month, that probably was the month when I'm like, no, you know, I just have to put the brakes on. Yeah. I want to be satisfied with what I'm doing. I'm fine working part-time. And then, when I when I was ready to go, ready ready to grow and and do this, um, probably were the times when I'm thinking, what am I gonna do? What what am I gonna what am I gonna focus on when I'm not focused on family? You know, eighty percent of the time or forty percent of the time, whatever time that takes in the moment. Um, and I think that's when I when I had a longer perspective, that's when I knew that, um, that's when I said that I wanted to grow and build. Yeah. I... And the other thing that, that made me finally decide was, I forget what I had read, something about, um, figuring out your passions and knowing what you're good at and, and knowing which, what's leading you. And number one, I don't have a lot of hobbies and, Number two, I realized that I love business more than I love architecture. And so I love the business of architecture. It's a good combination for me. Yeah. But if I, if, I could, if I could decide every morning what I sit down and do, I'd probably work on the business before I would get out a roll of sketch paper and, and design a house. Yeah. So once I figured that out and figured out, you know, in the longevity of my life, um, what I want my focus to be, I think that's when I really came to the point of, of knowing I wanted to grow a business. Yeah, that's that's a big um, uh, tipping point when mm -hmm. you sort because of, it sounds like, you know, when you discovered that you love the business of architecture more than the practice of architecture. Mm -hmm. that that something in your mind you found you found those strengths and all those strengths that you have sort of focused you in on the, the business of architecture and that's where you love being um that that moment in time and i think a lot of us struggle with that especially as architects because when yeah. typically when you go into architecture uh you you feel like okay i need to be an architect you know i need to design i need to be out there on a drafting board or in the computer designing buildings right that's what i was trained to do that's what people mm -hmm. expect me to do and then when you discover that something else fuels you and something else drives you, and yes, it can be related to architecture uh, or even you know be the driving force in your case of architecture, um, that it, everything else starts to fall into place behind it, right? That every, mm -hmm. everything else starts to feel happier, right? There's less right. stress, the, that right. the momentum starts to, to build because now you're focused on the things you're good at and you're starting to build a team to fill mm -hmm. in the gaps that, that you're not as strong on. And so that's where you started to go. So um, when you when you did commit to a, a partnership with, with Charette Venture Group, 
um, you started to grow, right? You, that, that... Yeah. So they were very instrumental. I will say, I, I, I wouldn't say I had cold feet to grow at that point. I had made the decision. I just didn't know where to start, and it was, it was kind of overwhelming to to think I could even learn it all. Right. Or that I could find all of the resources that I needed to find or that I could pay for all of those resources that I needed to bring in and manage all of them. Um, and that's when you introduced me to Todd Redding and sure adventure group. And, um, it, it has been, that was, I think we started our partnership in 2015. I think we're coming up on two years right now. Um, and it's been amazing. I have never regretted that decision. Um, you know, the the things that they offer me are all of the things that I don't know, right? And 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 they offered me the things that I didn't know that I didn't know. <laughs> like, um, what are some with, of the, what are the, some of the things that they're working with? I mean, they're not they're not running your business, but but they're no. they have people in place that are specialists in certain parts of business and they help their their partners succeed. Um, so what are they doing specifically for you? And, and before you answer that, I just wanna make it clear because this is starting to sound like a CVG commercial. This is not a commercial for Charette Venture right. Group. Um, it's just that they're, uh, Entree Architect is a partner with Charette Venture Group and Sherry's firm is also a partner. So I just wanted to, yeah. to put that out there. But so so what are some of the things that, that Charette is doing with you? Yeah. So, you know, anyone that knows me or is in you know, my small group with Entree Architect, I talk about CVG all the time. <laughs> so this is not unusual if you're talking to me. Um, so, you know, financial stuff. We worked with Rena um, to get some one of the one of the main things that we worked on in the first year was working on uh, I would say there's probably better words for it but I would say forecasting so if I have this many jobs and this many on the horizon and I have this many employees and I pay them this much and I can charge hourly for this much and it all boils down I don't know how it does it and it doesn't matter to me um, it all boils down to this one number that if it's over a certain number I should be hiring people. And if it's under a certain number, I need to get more work in for the people that I have. And that's like, to, to just have that number for me is, yeah. and that I trusted it, you know, that I trusted the people behind it that are filling in all those numbers and making the calculations work. It's, it was, it was very eye opening. And, and that I sounds used like that. sounds like a game changer. It was a game changer. Cause yeah, you have grown. So, so you went from, yeah. from you and a 1099 to, to how many people you have now? We have, including me, we have seven. Seven. So how that was in how much? Two years you grew. Two years. In yeah. Two years you went from basically just you. Yeah. With some support, to yeah. a to a staff of six, including and one plus you, right? So seven, right. six right. plus you. And we're and different uh, levels. So I still have two ten ninety nine people mm -hmm. that are part time, very part time. Um, my office manager is a 1099 person. I have two full-time project manager um, architectural people, and um, whom I'm. Oh, and I have one part-time, although she's she's an employee, but she's part-time uh, interior designer. Um, and it's a great team, and it's um, 
if there's one one thing I'm very proud of is that I've put this team together. We all work well together. We like working together. We like each other, but we're a remote team. So we all do our own thing. And the thing I'm proud of is that I'm offering my employees the job I was looking for that was hard to find when I first came out of school because I wanted to control my own time. And I knew I was a hard worker and I knew that I wouldn't be cheating anybody, you know, if I worked on my own and I knew I could produce, but those jobs just weren't out there. Those jobs, you know, it was an office job or nothing. So I, I like that I can offer that to people that, that, uh, work for me. Yeah. I think that's becoming more and more common. I think it's the yeah. future of, of small firms. Mm-hmm. I think that, that will be the way small firms practice in the future. Um, and because they're already starting to practice that way. I just recently um, had an interview with Diana Nicholas of Psalm Architecture, who I think is, um, this will come out two weeks from now. So two weeks ago. Um, it's actually the current episode now as we're talking, but it, I think oh, it's okay. two weeks from when this goes live. Um, and she built a firm, she's got 26 people, and she built the same type of firm. That's, that they do have a, a physical office, but they all have, they have unlimited vacation time, they have flexible hours, they, you know, everything that you need to live a life, in, in right. this integrated life, which is the way that we are now starting to live our lives across the board, everybody's starting to live this way because the tools, the digital tools allow us to do this. Um, it allows us to grow, you know? And, <laughs> and so you're a perfect example of that, of, of you're growing, in a, in, in a uh, less traditional way than past firms, but that allows you to grow. It allows right. you to be more flexible. It allows you to, to continue to live that integrated life that you want, that you were searching for, that you can have the time to spend with your family when you need it. You have the time to focus on your business as you want, um, and your business is growing. You've, you've written a book. You've, you've just recently released a, an app, which I want to yeah. talk about both of those things. Okay. Um, but, but uh it's so exciting to watch you grow, to to see you commit to it and then just go for it. Yeah, you know, that, yeah. That you're very, it's fun too. You're very focused on, mm-hmm. on what you need to do. Like you said, you know how to follow rules. And so all mm-hmm. you needed was somebody to say, this is the path, this is how you do it. And it started with, with, with a membership at Entree Architects, which is uh, still a, a major part of who you are and you know, your practice and, yeah. and your partnership with, with CBG. And now right. you're, you know, you have a thriving firm. You've rebranded from Scott Architecture to Springhouse Architects, which I love the, the name. Um, that was one of the first things we did um, with CVG was getting all of that marketing and branding and renaming. Um, I just felt at the time, I just felt we were taking a, a big turn at the time, uh, trying to grow and You know, I I named my firm Scott Architecture just because we were in turmoil and I had to turn in some paperwork (laughs) to become an LLC and it just is, it just became that. Um, I was never really comfortable with the name. Um, I'm never really comfortable people, like if I want them to know that I own it by myself, I'll tell them. (laughs) I don't need to like put it on the door. That's just how I feel about it. And I knew to grow that I'd have to release some of the um, client interaction and um, delegate some more of the meeting things and the sales pieces. 
Um, and, and I didn't feel like we could do that legitimately with my name on the door. Um, I, I rather have a generic name and, and let people, it's fine with me if people think that or don't know that I'm in control of everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. it makes it a much easier, right. To, to build a staff and build a, a, um, a leadership team that's going to lead yeah. projects, especially if you're, if you're. Uh, desire and your strengths are the business end and that you want to just grow this thing um, and you want other people to be those leads with with clients and and that gives you that flexibility to do that without having you know the the feeling that clients want to meet with sherry scott because your name's exactly. on the door yes. and that, that doesn't ever happen with a new name and a new mm -hmm. brand that that this is you know a project manager project architect for springhouse architects um, right. That makes that process much easier, and so um, so you rebranded. Um, you, know, you got a new website. Uh, so you also, and I, I, I think you wrote the book before you did any of that, right? I did. Yeah. yeah. So I wrote the book probably about the time we met. I yeah. think uh, it was finishing up, or it really just came from the blogging. I started blogging at probably two years before that, and then that all translated into a book. And that has, I will say, if anyone, you know, has it, it's a lot of work. Uh, it's a lot of brain power. A lot of focus to write a book, but it has been the single best thing I ever did in terms of marketing. Um, the way we use it now, it's changed over the years, but the way we use it now, it's a, a PDF on our website that anyone can download for free. Um, so when we get cold calls, or emails or something through Hal's, we just send back an email and say, hey, download this book. It'll tell you more about us. It'll tell you more about the construction process. Um, it may bring up more questions for you, but after you look through it, uh, give us a call and you'll know what questions to ask me at that point. That's um, great. It's been great. It really has because it's an introduction to to me, I mean, I, I wrote it when I was a sole practitioner, so it doesn't talk a lot about our team at all. Um, time for an update. But yeah, it is time for an update. <laughs> Again, that time and focus, that's yeah, yeah. why that hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Um, you may have to delegate that. Yeah. You could have somebody just go in and edit it and, you know, update it with the new sure. team and work with you just to, to get the, the right words. Yeah, good idea. Um, so that still serves us well. In fact, just a, a potential client called us after we, if it's, if it's for a, if it's a client we really want to go after, we'll send them a hard copy mm -hmm. uh, through the mail and follow up with them. Otherwise you can download it. But we just had a client that's in the retail business. And he's like, you know, most of our business is all about marketing. He's like, you guys are killing it with this book. <laughs> and that is the best approach I've ever seen. You just, you take a first call, you say, I'm going to send you this book and you call me back. He said, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. So I got great feedback for that. That's a great, a great idea. Um, I love how you're using it. And, yeah. and, uh, like you said, it's a lot of work, you know, you have to put a lot of effort into it uh, and you need it to be high quality, right? It can't be, you know, half, half done. It needs to be a fully functioning, well-designed book, uh, and for, for it to, to do what you want it to do. Um, and then, and then recently you, you released an app 
right? <laughs> so the app, you so, want to talk about the app? Yeah, I want to talk about the app because, <laughs> because first of all, there aren't a lot of architects out there developing apps. Mm -hmm. um, but also, it, it, I want to know why you developed the app. So you're an architect, you're building your architecture firm. It's, doesn't, it's not like it's easy to develop an app. It's going to take a lot of time and effort and money. Um, so why did, you, why did you decide, what was the, you know, the trigger to do something like that? And then what was mm -hmm. the result? So the trigger probably, like I said before, I don't have a lot of hobbies and I love business. I love creating things. And I, I actually did not know how much time and money and um, work it would take to develop an app. So I kind of started uh, not knowing what I was getting into. And by the time I figured it out, I was too far in and I had to finish <laughs> it. <laughs> um, so that, that, the app is, it's a photo journal app for um, anyone doing a construction project. So it's, it's, not, it's not for architects, although we can talk about how architects can use it. It's for the homeowner. Mm -hmm. And so it just started because clients, they love a book at the end of their project, right? And they want to remember what happened through the construction process. And they're always on site and they're always taking pictures but nobody, well, rarely does a client sit down and sort through their picture and caption all of them and put them in some kind of order and send it to Snapfish and get a beautiful book, right? Yeah, yeah. So I thought, let's just make an app for my clients so that either we can do it for them while we're doing CA work or they can do it themselves. Um, so I partnered with a childhood friend of mine, Jenny, that is a graphic designer. And so she helped us with the graphic design portion of the book and the marketing materials and all of that. Um, but basically you download the app for free. You go out on site while your construction project is happening and you snap a picture and you say, oh, they started digging for the foundation. This is so exciting. And that's it. Then you go on and you're there, you know, three weeks later, they delivered the wood and they're flying the trusses today and did this. And then when you're looking for countertops, you can take pictures of different countertops and say which one you love the most and when you ordered it and looking forward to it and just basically a photo journal, right? But the magic happens when at the end of a project, um, you've been doing this all along, taking pictures, putting a little caption, um, it captures the date, the time, the weather, actually, the location um, of each of those photos along with your little caption. And then you push one button in the app and it produces this um, hardbound book, coffee table book of your entire project. <laughs> That's such a good idea. <laughs> And you don't have to spend that time going back and sorting through photos. And um, you can either, you can, you can publish the book with all of the photos or you can publish them. There are a couple of different ways. You can publish with all of the photos you've taken. You can hand select which photos you want in the book or you can pick all of the ones with captions. Um, and you send that and we print it and mail it to you and you have a gorgeous book. That's so cool. I, Cause I've been, I've been doing photos and books for a long time to my, to mm -hmm. my uh, clients as gifts at the end, just as, right. you know, coffee table book is a great idea because they're proud of it. They're proud of that project. Yes. They're proud. They want to show their friends the photos. 
So they flip through the photos and guess what? Your logo is right there to let right. them know who you are right. and, and who did that work. And so that yep. becomes part of that conversation that happens forever because that never leaves the coffee table. That's because, right. Because they're proud of it. Um, right. And so to have an app that allows the client to be interactive during construction, to be part of the construction by documenting this this process and this journey and the story of what they're doing and how they're doing it, and then have that opportunity to have a printed book. Such a such a great idea. What's what's the name of the app? Oh, it's Nestor. Nestor. N e s t e r. And it's on iTunes. The uh, the yes. Yeah. yeah, it's for iPhone only. We oh. haven't ventured into the Android market yet. Very cool. We'll have a link to that on the show notes. Um, okay. We'll also have what's the name of the book too. I didn't mention what the name of the book was. Uh, Dream Inspire Design. Okay, is that available on Amazon? Yes. Okay, so we'll have a link to that as well. Okay. Um, and uh, oh. I love talking to you. I, I get so inspired <laughs> and so happy to, 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 you know, to watch your, your growth, especially seeing, you know, I've, I've been there through a lot of it um, and have seen you grow. Uh, I'm very proud of you. I'm very Thanks. proud of you to see uh, that you found your place, that you, that you have this firm and it's growing and it's, and it's becoming uh, what you want it to be. What, um, and you're on your way to that five-year plan, right? Yeah, that, yeah, that we are 2020 is coming, right? It's not. It not is far coming. Away. Um, yeah. I, what is your future? What is your thought on what where you want to be in 2020? Has that has that original idea changed at all? Um, it hasn't. My goal is still 10 people, and then I will decide uh, if we're staying there or if we're growing more. Um, I just don't know yet what it'll be beyond that. But um, I do think one change will be uh, in 2020, I'll probably get an office. Right now, um, our name Spring House came because I we live in a 100-year-old farmhouse. And in the backyard was a stone spring house, original to the farmhouse. And I renovated that. It's a tiny little building, like 10 by 20. I renovated that into my office, yeah, my personal office. I love office. that space. <laughs> it's awesome. So I get to walk to work every day. Um, and that came from when I had three teenage boys in the house and I could not work in here any longer um, or have clients in here, you know, three boys and two dogs. It just didn't work. Yeah. Uh, so I forget where I was going the with name, all that. The Springhouse name. Is so, yeah. So Springhouse, the, the rebranding came from the Springhouse where we work. Yeah. Yeah, and and you you live in Springboro, right? In Springboro, so yes. That all that all ties, and you do residential architecture. So it all yeah. I love yes. it. The name yeah. is so cool. <laughs> I love the name. Um, I love the website, and I love your story. So, Sherry, thank you very much for coming and uh, and sharing your story. Before we wrap up, I want to ask you the same question. I didn't warn you about this, but I'm sure you'll have an answer. Um, okay. Is my one question that I ask everybody is what is one thing that a small firm architect can do today to build a better business for tomorrow? So it's, it's intended to be yeah. something that's pretty easily executed and see some relatively short-term results. Yeah, well, obviously from, our, from my story, I would say sit down and write down your five-year plan, right? And it doesn't have to be an entire plan. You just need to look at your life and see what your life is going to be or what you want your life to look like in five years. What are your big changes that are coming? Um, I probably should do that again because now in five years, I'm going to be two years, you know, past empty nest. Yeah, <laughs> I should figure yeah. all that out again. 
but um, yeah, doing a five-year plan and figuring out your, your priorities, you know, where the other big change for me was deciding that I loved business um, and knowing that that's where I kind of wanted to head. I think that, that both of those things, you can sit down or you could go take a walk for an hour and just figure it out. Just think through it. And, um, and then from those two pieces of information, then I think you work backwards and you figure out, okay, how am I going to get there and who can help me get there? Because if, if you have big goals, and I, I would encourage you to have big, big goals, um, you're going to need help to get there because I certainly couldn't. Um, I'm not there yet, but I couldn't have um, changed as quickly as I have in two years on my own. I wish I had this recording to show you two, three years ago when we were talking. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because because it was so difficult to get to where you yes. you know, had that where you would commit. And what yes. you just said is exactly what you needed to tell yourself back then. Exactly. Is that you can get there. You just need to know where there is and mm -hmm. how to get there. And that vision narrative, that five year plan, uh, which and then there's there's posts on it. There's a couple of posts and I think there's even a podcast on it on the vision narrative on the blog. We'll, we'll look those up and put those on the blog uh, on the show notes. Um, and I, I agree with you, Sherry. I think that is one of the most important things to do is to think about where you want to be and write about it. And I and I encourage writing it like a story, right? Right. Mm -hmm. what's, what's your day look like that and with no limits, don't put any limits on you where you want to be in five years from today. And right. uh, and look at what how it's happened with uh, with Sherry here. So yeah. Sherry, thank you very, very much for coming to join me here on the podcast and for sharing your knowledge. Well, thank you, Mark. And before we get off here, I want to say thank you for introducing me to my some of my very best architecture friends. <laughs> You're very welcome. And that you know, that's sort of a side note that um, one of the best pieces of Entree Architect masterminds and actually even the membership itself without the masterminds is that you meet all these other people, but specifically the right. masterminds, the people in those small groups become your best friends. Yes, they, they for be, sure. they, because you meet with them every week and they're mm -hmm. there to support you and they understand you because they're going through the same things. And so thank you. Thank you for, for bringing that up. And I and you're very welcome that uh, because the people inside uh, the membership are really special, you know, yeah. and, and they really yeah. they're many of those have become my personal friends as well. And so I know exactly what you're talking about. If you liked what we shared here today, I ask you to share it with a friend because that is how we're going to grow and get the whole world to hear what we're doing here at the Entree Architect Podcast. Pick one friend. You know who that is. It's in your mind right now. You may have already shared it with that one. We'll pick another one, share it with one friend today. Complete show notes and a direct link to download this episode will be found at entrearchitect.com slash episode 198, 198. That is the link to share, entrearchitect.com slash episode 198. Don't forget to visit the website to download your free profit course for small firm architects. Download it free at entrearchitect.com slash free course and learn how to build a thriving architecture firm for 2018. entrearchitect.com slash free course. My name is Mark Arlapage and I am an entrepreneur architect and I encourage you with all my heart to focus and build a better business so you can be a better architect. 
Love, learn, and share what you know. Thanks for listening and have a great week. I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything? Yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, we'll buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh my the one that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Calling all small firm architects. It's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity, where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. It's not just a podcast, it's a community where dreams meet action. There is a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was, it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected annual spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is gonna be a priority. When the job is done, we're gonna actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. <laughs> and so for me, the, the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say like, that would be 60% of it, if not more. Gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together.
Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success.